ladies and gentlemen i thank you once again for hanging out with me on another edition of my podcast another episode of my podcast and um, today's podcast is very unique and special for me because um, I've decided to produce my annual Arise Independence Lecture Series on my podcast. So the episode you'll be receiving today is my Arise Independence Lecture Series. The Arise Independence Lecture Series this is my patriotic effort at delivering what I feel is the wisdom Nigeria as a nation needs at every year the occasion of her independence celebration, right? On the 1st of October every year is Nigeria's independence. And as a patriotic Nigerian, one who is passionate about Nigeria, who is interested about the welfare, growth, and development of Nigeria as a nation, on this 1st October, I record a lecture series which I have titled the Arise Independence Lecture Series. And my objective is to share wisdom and principles and concerns that would enhance Nigeria arising from where she is now to where she ought to be. And every year we've been doing this. So for this year, I've decided to host this lecture series on my podcast, The Life 101 with the Michael Carfor series, right? So this year's edition of the Arise Independent Lecture Series is hosted live on my podcast. And I believe that as this podcast gets to you, you will share in my passion for Nigeria. You will share in my desire for, Niger- for, for Nigeria's growth. My desire to see in Nigeria where things are working. To see in Nigeria where the citizens are proud of being called Nigerians. Today, because of the myriads of challenges we face as a nation, most Nigerians, and in fact, 95% of Nigerians are not proud to be called Nigerians. They would easily seek a way out travel out, embracing opportunities that will take them out of this space called Nigeria. Because to them, uh, uh, um, your, your motherland should become a rallying point of comfort, right? A place of refuge where you find inspiration, you find the right motivation, and you find the encouragement via sound 
governmental policies that will bring out the creativity and resourcefulness in you, right? But the space they've come to meet is a space that frustrates creativity, that kills innovation, and that demotivates the, 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 the spirit of creativity. And that is why at each opportunity, they want to leave, right? So most Nigerians are not happy, are not excited. And that is why this year's lecture series is very, very important. It's very, very crucial. I believe that 2021 is a defining year for Nigeria as a nation. It's, it's, it is, it is a, it's an important year that would determine the next 10, 20 years of our existence. Are we staying together or are we breaking up, right? There are clamors for secession, right? Many parts of the nation, because of what they see as injustice and unfairness in the system, want to secede, right? So this year is an important year. It's a year Nigerians have to come together and decide on what to do as a nation. What values should we adopt? What principles should we subscribe to that will give us the nation we desire? And here lies the moral responsibility of all our leaders. And by leaders, I don't mean economic leaders. I don't mean social leaders. I mean political leaders. From our president to our members of the assembly, House of, House of, House of Reps and the Senate, our governors, all the political leaders occupying political governmental positions. They are the ones I'm referring to here as leaders. The, 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 the onus is on them to ensure that what they do in office transcends into positive value and development for Nigeria. That the, the, the four years or eight years to be in office, they are delivering goods that are productive, that are effective, that are transforming the Nigerian spirit and making Nigeria the dream and desire of our founding fathers. So this Arise Independence Lecture Series was instituted to provide wisdom, counsel, and inspiration for Nigerians and her leaders to rise up to the demands and to the demands and need for development, for progress, and for productivity as a nation. Yes, it is said that Nigeria's unity is non-negotiable. But I will tell you that that statement is a blanket statement. With the way things are going in the nation, if there are no specific steps taken to arrest certain injustices and unfairness and wickedness in the system, I bet you the unity of this nation will be affected. And who knows what will happen 5 years, 10 years, 15 years from now, right? In the next 2 years, 2023, Nigerians will go to the polls. And many are predicting that that election will make Omar Nigeria. 
right? I, I won't join that thought. I believe Nigeria would survive. Nigeria would go beyond that. But, uh, but, but apart from surviving, I believe Nigeria can succeed. Nigeria can be an example of a nation that was able to rebound, right? To recalibrate herself and emerge as a leading nation among the committee of nations. So that's my essence for this lecture series. All right. Let's go deeper. The lecture series this year, my topic is dear to my heart. It is titled A Bleeding Nation. It's titled A Bleeding Nation Responsible Leadership to the Rescue. Like I said, this lecture is about, is about Nigeria for Nigerians to Nigeria. About Nigeria for Nigerians to Nigeria. So my topic for this series this year is a bleeding nation. Responsible leadership to the rescue. Nigeria, a bleeding nation responsible leadership to the rescue what is a bleeding nation a bleeding nation is a nation experiencing difficult times is a nation experiencing challenges that threatens the corporate existence that threatens her corporate existence so when in a nation there are challenges threatening their corporate existence, the peace, the security, the progress of that nation, we can refer to that nation as a bleeding nation. A bleeding nation also is a nation where its or where her citizens are fast losing faith and hope in her survival. That's right. A bleeding nation is a nation where her citizens are fast losing faith and hope in her survival and progress. Also, a bleeding nation is a nation at war with herself. Right, nations fight wars outside. Right, it is expected that the 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 battles and wars a nation will deal with are external. Right, fighting outside, and that is why we have the military, right, and other agencies or or forces that protect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of the nation. So, so battles should be external, right? Even though we can have um, internal squabbles, right? Internal issues. But when the internal issues, they are more, more perilous than the external issues. 
right? So when a nation is fighting more internal battles than external battles, we call that nation a building nation. So a nation fighting herself, where her citizens fight themselves, right? Where love is lost, there is no unity, there is no peace, there is no sense of purpose. Such a nation can be perfectly described as a bleeding nation. Finally, again, a bleeding nation is a nation where policies of government are not people friendly. Now, they may be people oriented, but they are not people friendly. Now, when a policy is people oriented, it means it is meant for the people. It is directed, it is promoted for the people. But when it's not friendly, it means that it is not serving the benefit, the general good, the advantage of the people. Right? So it's the people that own the system. Nigeria is owned by Nigerians, not just her leaders. Nigeria is owned by Nigerians, not a political class or ethnic group. So, when you have a nation where the policies of government, the attitudes of government tend to favor a particular group or class against the general consensus, we have a bleeding nation. Where policies of government, though they are people-oriented, they are not people friendly. So such policies suffocate and impede the creativity, the, the, the innovativeness and the, and, the, and, the and, the, and the resolve of the greater good of the population. Now, with all these indices mentioned of a bleeding nation, it is clear that Nigeria can pass for a bleeding nation. In fact, Nigeria is a bleeding nation. All the entities I've mentioned, from leadership to policy to the, the, to the lack of faith and hope in the nation, you can classify Nigeria as a bleeding nation. How is Nigeria a bleeding nation? If if you are if you are patriotic enough to open your eyes to the news and events around you, around your environment, you would know that all is not well with Nigeria. If you are patriotic enough to open your eyes and open your ears to the things happening around you, right? The things communicated by both the official media sources and social media, you would know that all is not well with Nigeria. Nigeria bleeds. We are, rather than getting better, we are getting worse, right? So each new day 
our past seems to be better than our today. Actually, it should be that your today is an improvement of your yesterday. But in Nigeria, our past is better than our today. So we are always reminiscing, always remembering a sense of nostalgia about our past. Right? When things we are working, where things we are working, where Nigerians have better deals in terms of economics, in terms of culture, in terms of politics, in terms of education, in terms of of the of the of the general welfare and well-being of Nigerians in Nigeria. We we we, we tend to cherish the past in our today. And one of the greatest indices of a failing nation is a nation where her past is better and preferred than her present. When you have a nation where her past is better and preferred than her present, you have a failing nation. And these are the things happening in the Middle East. The war country in the Middle East, from Syria to Afghanistan to all of them, where the, 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 the past of such nations, they are better and they are preferred to what they are seeing today. Because before, the, the, the crisis, the, 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 the exponential increase in wickedness and arson was not like this. Back in Nigeria, every Nigerian, especially the, 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 the adult population, they will always look back how Nigeria was, how our Naira was almost at par with the dollar, how there were jobs for, 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 for graduates, how our currency had value. But today, in their, in their future, now, those people, they are now living their future. The future they expected for Nigeria is what they are now living in. This future, this today, is worse than where they are coming from. And that is why we are, we are, in, a, we are in a pitiable state. And until urgent steps are done, until urgent measures are taken, the nation is heading towards the precipice of becoming a failed state. It is already a failing state. All, all we want to do is to prevent it from becoming a failed state. Because a failing state can rediscover herself and grow out of it and avoid being a failed state. When it becomes a failed state, nothing works again. Despondency, insurrections, and crises at, at exponential levels have taken over the system. Today I sit about Nigeria. Today, we have the, 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 the rising influence of 
banditry attacks in the north. Attacks of killer headsmen, foreign elements who have infiltrated the peaceful nomadic lifestyle of the Fulanese and are perpetuating mayhem, violence, and carnage across the, 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 the states of Nigeria. No one state is spared of their vicious attacks. We now have the, 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 the growing threat, the foreboding threat and wickedness and acts of the killer unknown gunmen. And we ask every day, who are these unknown gunmen? They set police stations ablaze, government buildings ablaze, and kill reputable, decent, hardworking citizens of Nigeria that have contributed their quota to the peace and progress of the nation. So every day we wake up to one act of wickedness, one act of violence, right? Away from the so 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 we have, in fact we can analyze the 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 violence in Nigeria, right? We have the structural violence where there is this calculated effort to destabilize the system. The banditry attacks, the killer henchmen, the unknown gunmen. These are organized structural attacks. Then we have the social violence. This one carried out by ordinary Nigerians. On Nigerians. Rising cases of kidnapping, ritual killing, rape, police brutality, and all manner, all sorts. Right? So, 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 in, 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 in the bid, in the pressure to survive, to make a living, young men and young women, young Nigerians, have taken to crime, social crimes, committing unimaginable wickedness against fellow Nigerians. So now, the issue is not the leaders who have kept us where we are, who have allowed, who have created the structural defects that have allowed for this social illness. They vent their anger on their fellow Nigerians. They steal, they rob, they kill, they maim, they rape, they kidnap, all sorts of. The ubiquitous Yahoo Yahoo boys, Yahoo Plus, phone earners have kept EFCC busy. You see the drugs, the rising case of drugs in the north, and all manner of social delinquencies. All these things heating up the system and making living in Nigeria a hellish experience. But, I, but as I always say in several public forums, there is hope. Now, this hope is not an empty, optimistic statement. No, this hope is anchored on the fact that we as Nigerians can liberate and salvage our nation if we are willing to work it out. 
if we are willing to pay the price of change. And that is why I said, responsible leadership is the only way out of this bleeding, disheartening, disastrous and catastrophic experiences in Nigeria. I don't want to bore you with um, gory details of killings across the nation. If you are patriotic enough to, to see and hear, you encounter them. Nigerian news sites are awash with stories of economy across the nation. So it, 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 it is becoming scary to live in the nation. It's becoming scary to, to, to raise responsible, morally upright, godly kids. We have kids today who have also embraced this, this dissent, these immoral manifestations of our social crisis. And the nation cries. The nation boys. The young ones would say, wow, it's the elders, the old people that are destroying Nigeria, that have destroyed Nigeria. But I will tell them it's not true. All the people that fought for Nigeria's independence, no one was up to 40 years old. They were all young people. Tafawa Balewa, Namjahikwe, Afamil, Awolowo, Amadobelo. They were all young people. All the military officers that led coup were all young people. Agi Yironsi, Gowon, Obasanjo, Motala Mohamed, Buare. So it's even the young people that have kept us where we are. So, the, 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 the solution is not in having a young man or an old man. No, it's in having a competent, patriotic Nigerian mounting the saddles of power across economics, across politics, across culture, across social and academic structures that will deliver the goods for a prosperous, united and growing Nigeria. Nigeria was once treated as the giant of Africa. But believe you me, that statement is, 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 is a, a self-conciliatory statement. It's a statement we make to feel good. But actually, Nigeria, we have lost that status. We are, because... Giant in size, but not giant in the delivery of political dividends and developmental strides is useless. So it's not about your geographical size, even though it has laudable benefits. It's not about your numerical strength. 
even though it has laudable advantages, is about the delivery of quality developmental dividends. What is the lifestyle and living conditions of your citizens and those in the nation? So that is why smaller but prosperous nations are more respected than bigger but poorer nations. So you see, Africa is a large continent with, 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 with various large countries, yet Africa is so poor because it's not your size that makes you prosperous. No, it is your delivery of value that makes you prosperous. So it's not, it's not what you are that makes you great. It's what you do that translates in who you are that will make you great. So prosperous nations, they are more on doing and becoming than just saying it like that. Nigeria is Africa's big brother in the past. In fact, Nigeria's influence on the continent was better and effective in the past than today. Today we have Nigerians being slaughtered like animals in sister African countries. Things that were unheard of in the past. Why is it so? Because when they say a pack of lions led by a sheep would be ineffective. But a pack of sheep led by a lion would be effective. So it's because of the ineptness, the lukewarmness, and the lousiness and unproductivity of our leadership. That is why Nigeria, Nigeria has lost her respect, even among sister nations in Africa. Nigerians are languishing terribly in African prisons. Businesses harassed killed, murdered, and destroyed. And yet, nothing happens. Why? The bulldog is now toothless. But there is hope. We can rediscover this giant. We can wake up this giant. We can rebuild Nigeria. All is not lost. Nigeria is not yet done with. Water can flow again, and the old well will become useful again. Nigeria is like, an, like a well, but its contents have been made dry by her leaders and Nigerians. We are the ones responsible for the negative perception of Nigeria in the global community. That Nigeria is now synonymous with fraud, deceit wickedness and laziness even lousiness and that's why we are dumping grounds for anybody anywhere so we are the ones that cause that and only we can change it we can launch our image because nigeria can only nigeria is being destroyed by nigerians and nigeria will only be empowered by nigerians so the ball is in our court.
So our well, okay, well, the content, the water, God gave us to enrich the nation, to grow the nation, and become a blessing. Because, we, because the water in a well is meant to grow, and grow until it becomes an overflow to others. But it has been milked dry, and today that well is rusting. But I believe with the right things in place, the right attitudes, the right mindsets, the water can flow again to that well, and that well will become useful. So on this day of independence, it is my desire that Nigeria will rise, and my solution is responsible leadership. And I draw analogies from the Bible. Yes. In Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3 of the Bible, verse 7. See what he said here. Then the Lord told him, him is Moses, you can be sure I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. So, his people are the Israelites living as slaves in Egypt under oppression, suppression, and annihilation. says, I have heard their cries for deliverance from their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So, I have come to rescue them from the Egyptians. And lead them out of Egypt into their own good and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites live. The cries of the people of Israel have reached me. And I have seen how the Egyptians have oppressed them with heavy tasks. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the object, the symbol of slavery, of oppression. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You will lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Again, verse 10. Now go. For I am sending you to Pharaoh. Why? You will lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. What I've just read makes classic sense in discussing the Nigerian situation and the solution we need. Like the Israelites, Nigeria is in a web of oppression and suffering. It is becoming tough to lead a comfortable life in Nigeria. It has never been this bad that a Nigerian would find it tough to afford the basics of food, water, and shelter. Go to the markets and various stations of transaction. The prices of basic items have skyrocketed. 
So, and to make matters worse, our currency is even depreciating. So, the currency don't have enough purchasing power again. And that is why there is much pressure to survive. Do anything you can and get it. Get rich or die trying, as 50 Cent, the American singer, would say. Use all you have to get what you want. So you see, ladies have turned their bodies into economic tools. So they are, they are, they are, they are, their body parts and organs are not just physiological features. They are now economic assets for survival. Vice versa. We have men in responding to the harsh economic realities are forced, are pressured, are, are motivated, are inspired, are lured into occultic and ritualistic schemes. So like, like, like the Egyptians, Nigerians are suffering. We are in a cage, we are trapped, we are enslaved. Now, for the, for the Israelites, they were enslaved by the Egyptians. For Nigerians, we are enslaved by the harsh policies of our leaders. So, an Egyptian as encountered in this passage referred to the harsh policies of government. So, any governmental policy or act that, that enhances and elongates stress Negative stress on the system is an Egyptian. And then, the Bible says, and God said, he has heard their cries. So, in their slavery, they were crying. Right? You know, it is wanting to be in pain and keep quiet. Another thing to be in pain and speak out. We are in pain and keep quiet. It means you love it. You are comfortable. Right? Whatever you tolerate stays permanent. What you don't change won't change. What you don't confront will remain with you. So for them, they know that this is not who they are. This is not where they should be. They were made for more. They were born for more. They are crying. And Nigerians are crying. Every day across Muslim communities, Christian communities, prayers are offered seeking divine intervention. Because now, the, the attacks and wickedness, especially the structural attacks of banditry, killer henchmen, unknown government, and kidnapping have no ethnic or religious coloration. They, anybody is, 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 an, is an object of attack. Mosques are attacked. Churches are attacked. Christians, Hindus, Buddhists, traditional worshippers, Muslims are attacked. So, there, so, so there's a corporate cry, a corporate desire for freedom. Once in a while you see protests. Such protests are, are, are external reactions to, 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 
to, to an internal pressure. When people have been choked, they, they go on protest. You see protest. You see the government clamp down on them. Police brutality. Government using her authorities to suppress and attack her people. Who gave them power? Government becoming clueless. So, is what happened here? The Israelites were crying. And God and Bible says, the cries of the people of Israel have reached me. And I have seen how the Egyptians have oppressed them with heavy tax. How our leaders are oppressing us. Nigeria is one of the wealthiest nations on earth by resources. But we are the, one of the poorest by productivity. Right? We are one of the wealthiest by resources. But one of the poorest by productivity. We are a consuming nation. An important nation. The system that favors Productivity is being suffocated by ethnic and policy wickedness. A system where competence is constantly sacrificed on the altar of nepotism and ethnicism. A system where injustice and unfairness are prompting the various clamors for secession across the nation. Because when people are no longer comfortable staying with you, they want to go. And rather than addressing the issues, governments use hammer to attack. Is not everything you use stick. Sometimes you use carrot. Sometimes you are diplomatic. Sometimes you go for negotiation. You go for round table discussions. That is how sensible governments behave. But this one we have, don't think along such lines. Then, says verse 10, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You will lead my people. So I said, Nigeria, a bleeding nation, responsible leadership to rescue. Moses was the leader ordained by God, empowered by God to lead Israelites out of Egypt, to end their suffering and oppression and disgrace and humiliation and destruction of his people in Egypt. Moses was a leader packaged by God. My friend, the only way out of the woods for Nigeria is a responsible leadership. Because, hear this, he who controls the system determines 
what becomes of the system. He who is in charge determines what is discharged. He who is in charge determines what is discharged. So the leaders, the leadership, they are the problem of Nigeria. And they are also the solution to Nigeria's problem. Chinua Achebe, God bless you so, he said, that the trouble with Nigeria is leadership. Not her economy, not her culture, not her geography, not her her, her environment is the leadership. So when the right leadership structures are in place, the system will work. And the kind of leadership we need is responsible leadership. And responsible leadership is more or less a a cultural thing. It's an attitude. It's a lifestyle that is informed by a patriotic decision to see things work in your tenure as a leader. Leadership in Nigeria is tenured. So, as a leader, you have four, eight years to do to go. What you do in those years is what determines what will be said of your leadership. So, what we need to come out of the woods is what responsible leadership. And I'll be defining what I consider as responsible leadership. And I'll be highlighting the characteristics, the hallmarks of responsible leadership. And what we need to do as a nation to rise. Responsible leadership, I have defined as a leadership that understands the requirements of the moment and delivers workable solutions to addressing it. Understands the requirements of the moment and delivers workable solutions to address it. Two, responsible leadership is a leadership that is creative, that is resourceful, that is responsible, and above all, that is resourceful. This kind of leadership is lacking in Nigeria. A creative leadership. Leadership that's, that, that favors and prospers the development of the human ability. Bringing intelligence to bear. A creative leadership is an intelligent leadership. Using what is available to create what is needed. Yes. 
a creative leader uses what is available to create what is needed. Why a resourceful leader uses what is available to solve what is required. We lack it in Nigeria. We lack courageous leadership. Leadership that is above sentiments, racial sentiments, ethnic sentiments, religious sentiments. Leadership that is above personal idiosyncrasies. Leadership that that, 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 that promotes a Nigerianness over a tribe. Nigeria first. I'm a Nigerian before I'm Igbo, before I'm Yoruba, before I'm Alsa or Fulani. I'm a Nigerian first. Call the leadership. A leadership that is not afraid to develop convictions and stick by them is what is lacking in a resourceful leadership today Nigeria imports the productions of resources she has Nigeria imports the finished products of the resources here. It will take a resourceful leadership to create the systems that will translate the resource in the nation into productive tools. So we are a rentier economy, a consumerist economy an important economy feeding off the productivity of other nations and that's why Nigeria is poor and struggling a responsible leadership is a leadership that delivers positive social change a leadership whose actions rub, rubs off positively on the life and well-being of her people. Most policies of government are people-centered, not people-friendly. So, their policies have been made but there is no replication on the life of Nigeria. So we are having economic growth without economic productivity. Economic growth without economic impact. So the nation is growing economically but the economic life of the people are getting poor. So it's a pseudo growth. Activity devoid of productivity. 
when you are active, you expend energy, time. When you are productive, you, 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 you use your activities to produce something. So for Nigeria, we are engaging in several economic activities, but there are no product on them. So we still import even the most ridiculous of things, toothpick. Certain industries that should be cited that will en- employ young people and, en- and create the culture of responsibility, resourcefulness, and productivity is being sacrificed on the altar of ethnicity. Ethnicity. Mega industries in Aba, in Kano. In Lagos, in Port Harcourt, in Warri, in Ibadan, should be should be channels for productivity, channels for 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 raising a productive Nigeria. But the powers in the leadership houses across the states suffocate that with ethnic politics. And religious politics. Two dangerous evils destroy Nigeria. Responsible leadership. A leadership that produces social change. A leadership that delivers positive impact on the lives of Nigeria. God told Moses, I'm sending you to lead them out. So it's only a responsible leader that can lead Nigeria out of the woods. And so far, we've not had it. Because where they have goodwill, their religious and ethnic sentiments, or their quest for stomach infrastructure, would diffuse and deflect and derail their goodwill. A responsible leader rises above ethnic, religious sentiments and pecuniary gains. You are, you are not an evil, evil president or other kind of president or a bad president. You are in Nigeria. In Nigeria. You are the president of Nigeria. You are to serve the people. After election, no statement favoring one tribe or group should be said from the mouth. Your dressing should reflect the Nigerianness of the nation, including state governance too. But in Nigeria, political office is a means for self-aggrandizement and personal vendetta against perceived opponents. No. There should be cross of ideas from both those that supported you to those who didn't. We must embrace diversity and unity to move forward as a nation. Responsible leadership. A leadership that sees Nigeria first. 
Nigeria is not a Christian nation. Nigeria is not a Muslim nation. Nigeria is a, is a nation of values. A secular nation. A nation where everyone has equal access to grow. Equal access to become who they can become within the ambits of the law. A responsible leadership is a leadership that favors and promotes the education of her people more than their entertainment. So Nigeria is one of the countries where an entertainment show pays more than educational shows. And we and, and we and we query why our youths are becoming sexually reckless, defiant, with with uh, with a smartphone and cheap data. They can post anything. We now have porn stars in our home. They make porn videos. Go on WhatsApp, Instagram, TikTok. Why? The society, the nation. Due to we have lost our sense of values, we promote entertainment, pleasure at the expense of education. Any succeeding nation was founded upon edu- sound educational and moral discipline. Because it is your education that provides the intelligence for growth. Your education, the quality of your education provides the intelligence that powers and sustains your growth. So the reason why Nigeria is not growing is because we don't have the required intelligence. We have been unable to source the right intelligence from our educational bodies. And because they are not properly invested in, they cannot provide the intelligence required for a progressive Nigeria. So our universities, our schools are just basically academic centers. No education takes place there. That's why the intelligence from such places are stale not practicable at all. A graduate who cannot do anything, a graduate without productivity. But a responsible government or leadership invests massively in education. Why? Because it is only education that provides the intelligence that drives the growth of society. So our, our governments don't care. They don't care about you. Why? Their children are abroad. They've left Nigeria to the US, to Canada, to London, to Germany, to France. Now, what they know is that 
if you've exported your child outside to study, they will be imported back. And when the society you've neglected rises up, your children will be victims of your anger. And guess what? Nigeria is on the path to revolution across the world when nations are experiencing massive, terrible social problems. Revolution is not far. And guess what? It is the 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 the, the elite, the indifferent, unpatriotic leaders or ruling class that bear the brunt. From Afghanistan to Chile to Egypt to Tunisia to Algeria to Burkina Faso, have all experienced that. So responsible leadership is what we need. And it's not just for leaders in authority, even followers. Because our leaders, they are simply metaphors of the Nigerian spirit. They are they are they are they are representing who a Nigerian is. So in Nigeria, I will tell you, uh, once an entire officer will steal. Why? Because the leaders there, they are, they are, they are us. They are mirrors reflecting the Nigerian spirit. So we as ordinary citizens, followers, must also be responsible. A responsible follower understands that government is his right. So he must demand accountability, transparency, sincerity, and probity from the government in power. He must not sell his or her conscience for peanuts during the election. He must commit to a lifestyle of personal integrity. Like I said, it's only Nigerians that can change Nigeria. If all Nigerians commit to a lifestyle of personal integrity, this nation will move on. Responsible leadership. Nigeria is a blessed land. But our blessing is becoming a curse. What are her blessings? Her resources, her people, they are becoming her greatest problem. Corruption and all manner is the norm. Why? The pressure to survive. As I conclude, I, I live with two counsels for leaders and followers. As a leader, enormous responsibility is on you to do the right thing. Resist the temptation to compromise. Resist the temptation to turn your office, your position into a center for self-aggrandizement and personal vendetta. 
see your office as a platform for service. He who serves becomes great, but he who steals becomes dishonored, demoted and destroyed. Be committed to a lifestyle of integrity, a life of competence, invest in knowledge. There is, there is so much incompetence in the various leadership positions in Nigeria. Because why? Your competence is proven by your productivity. So when you have a... Pro- and, and it's not about your PhD. You can have a PhD holder, but he's incompetent. Because on, show me what you have produced to confirm your competence. There is so much incompetence in the system among governors, everywhere. And that's why nothing productive is coming from them. All they do is to blast sirens up and down and do rubbish. Competence counts when there's a commitment to knowledge, specific, insightful knowledge. Knowledge that translates into positive change. Have convictions as a leader. Have convictions that you're going to lead with the fear of God. You will lead with a legacy in mind. What people will remind, will remember you for, will think of you after you've gone. As a leader, you must make up your mind to ensure that Nigeria don't continue to suffer on the terms. That's why I recommend Nigeria's leadership positions are too juicy. And that is why people kill to get them. People steal to get them. Because they want to do all they can to get there because they will get it back. So we should begin to reduce the 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 the, the, the attractiveness of leadership position in Nigeria. In fact, the the, the the requirement should be higher. How, how can it be to, to apply for some cost of investing? High cut off mark. Then who will lead our nation? With it, no. In fact, the, the, the requirement for presidency and governor should be, should be the highest than any other endeavor. So that only the best will survive. When the select when the when the selection process is tightened and tough, only the best emerge. Our election should be should be should be should be should be repackaged to become trustworthy, dependable, one that ensures the right competence is engaged. For the followers, be committed to a lifestyle of personal integrity. Do the right thing. Make sure you are not fanning the embers of ethnicism and injustice. Don't be a tool in the hands of deceitful, lying, wicked politicians. They give you guns to go and fight, but their keys are outside. They pay you money to have 
and exercise with your body, but their daughters are outside. You must rethink. Let's own this nation. Let's take back Nigeria from the forces that want to destroy it. Let's take back Nigeria from the forces of, of, of oppression, of injustice, of unfairness, of ethnicism, of tribalism, of, of, of religious extremism. Nigeria is ours. We must not let the few politicians destroy this nation. For my evil brothers, Biafra is not what we need. We need an all-inclusive Nigeria that is fair and just. That's what we should pray for. We should, not, we, should, we should rise in protest for a better Nigeria, a healthy Nigeria, so that Nigerian can stand tall in the community of nations again. This is my humble message. This is my lecture this year. A bleeding nation. Responsible leadership. To the cure. My desire that, as you've heard what I've said, you will take it to heart and be committed to seeing it work. Do this. As Nigeria will rise, we will not be bounded together, but be united. Be united. We are all we are. We defend our land. We believe in Nigeria. And they promise you We are all we are. We defend our land. We believe in this nation. And we know that someday she will rise like the sun. We are all we are. We defend our land. We believe in this nation. And they promise you. We are all we are. We defend our land. We believe in some shit we ride like the sun. What a great nation. Let's arise, O oh compatriots. Nigeria's call obey to serve our fatherland with love and heart and strength and faith. To defend our unity, peace and progress. So help us God. Nigeria is ours to build or destroy, to love or hate, to grow or scatter. Nigeria's future lies in our decision today to be responsible, to be competent to be courageous, to be resourceful, to be productive, 
and to shun smallness, tribalism, nepotism. Everybody must not join your religious group. Be happy in what you believe and serve your God there. There's no need for violence. Let's rise together and chase out banditry, the attacks of unknown government, and headsmen extremism out of our nation. It is well with Nigeria. Nigeria will not die. Nigeria will rise again. God bless Nigeria. God bless Nigerians. Amen.